Welcome back to another edition of the Unofficial Guide Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. I'm Len Testa, your host, and today Jim and I are going to be uh, finishing up our conversation on the history of Christmas at Disney theme parks. As you can recall, the last episode we ended up with uh, uh, just after Walt had passed away in the mid-60s, uh, and the company was sort of trying to figure out what to do for Christmas at, Walt, uh, at, at Disneyland in Walt Disney World. The company was trying to figure out what to do uh, at a Disney theme park when there was no Walt Disney for Christmas. So to tell the rest of the story is Jim Hill. Welcome back, Jim. Hi, Len. How's it going? Um, it's it's going well, and, and you know, and season's greetings to all of you out there. Um, yeah, I, I, the interesting thing about when talking about the holidays at, at the Disney theme parks, you have to understand that they kind of run in parallel to what's going on in pop culture. That you know, when uh, you know Walt passed away in '66 or thereabouts. Um, you know, look, there were holiday specials. I mean, you know, that, that you know, what is it? At 64 was the first year Rudolph was shown. 65 yep. was Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, I mean, at 66 was was Grinch. You know, that so it was, but still, Christmas at that point was still sort of assigned to the week, 10 days around Christmas. And what ended up happening was that you know that that Disney's what Disney did at the park sort of reflected that. You 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 had I mean, Walt Disney World opens in 71, and, and sure enough, the first year they have candlelight right, you know, at the Magic Kingdom at that point. Really? Um, where did well, they hold it? Well, I mean, you know, just, it, it, you know, you got to remember that they always followed the Disneyland template. So it's like, okay, so they have it on their trains. They have it on train station. We have it on our train station. Um, uh. And, you know, and in fact, uh, candlelight stuck at the Magic Kingdom for up until 94, when wow. you know, then they decided to move it over to Epcot because they were in the process of, you know, to be honest, creating artificial reasons to drive people over to, to Epcot. <laughs> sure. All right. So, so, so you put it in the, So back in seventy one. Yeah. Yep, seventy one, right there in the kingdom. Um, <laughs> but you know, that just, you know, it, in fact, if you talk to to California locals or Orlando locals, they used to love going. To um to Walt Disney World or Disneyland during this period because from November to to um you know to, to roughly two or three days before Christmas, the place was deserted and you you had you know I mean you had these wonderful decorations you could enjoy in basically an empty park. Those are the um, days. They were they were but that was the thing from Disney's point of view, um you know that was something that needed to change now mind you. Uh, if you talk with old, old Walt Disney World employees during this period, this is when they loved working for the company because mostly everyone who, who worked for the company at that point, they were full-timers. Mm -hmm. And because there were so few people coming to the park... Did they have time, pensions and company cars, Jim? Full-time yeah, well, employees at Disney? <laughs> in this case... They had wonderful cast member only parties. Really? Where you know you could you 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 brought the family and you know that you had the semi private time in the park where the managers were running the attractions, oh, and the nice thing is that when you walked out the gate, in fact, if if you want some really cool Disney collectibles, mm -hmm. uh, uh, go on eBay and you know Google. Uh, I think the words you're looking for are cast member Christmas party. And there are some amazing picture frames that they, they, they did are dimensional. They're 
Christmas ornaments. I mean, some some wonderful stuff that that Disney gave to the employees during the period where, hey, thank you, you've worked so hard all year, we really appreciate you, you know, that sort of thing. Wow. And, and then Eisner walked in the door and <laughs> that quickly went away. So here's the thing. Um, I'm tra- here's the thing I'm trying to figure out. So if yep. if Disney is you know waiting till like the last ten days before Christmas or the two weeks before Christmas to actually you know start gearing up for the holidays. How do they fit in the 21 Mickey's Very Merry Christmas parties into 14 days? Are they running them concurrently? What's... Well, no, see, that's the <laughs> other thing that's really cool about it. Um, the very first Mickey's Very Merry Christmas party is 1983, and it's only two nights. Oh, this is so just before – when did Eisner get there? 84? 84. And so, okay, so Christmas party predates Eisner. Huh. Yep, but Two only nights. by a hair. And, and in fact, adorable. what's interesting is your first holiday overlay actually predates Eisner by a hair as well, the Country Bear Christmas show. Um, this was something <sighs> that, again, you know, just they opened the show, uh, you know, Country Bear Jamboree in 71, and they found after a while, kind of just people who'd been to Walt Disney World, particularly during the age of ticket books, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I did that show and it was cute, but I got to go do something else. And so this was a way during a time when attendance was down anyway to artificially drive people into uh, the Country Bear show. So, <sighs> and, I, you know, that it's what's interesting is I know that there was the second show in 88. The uh, vacation on, but as it turns out, there was there were two other shows that they had written and storyboarded that never made it out. They had a Valentine's Day show and a Halloween show, and wow. they, there was a there was a tentative plan even for a Fourth of July. So um, yeah, that 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 they went from, you know, they had a very ambitious plan at one point that it, again, in the classic Disney sense, fell by the wayside. But huh, um, I think a, a Halloween Country Bear Jamboree is actually sort of intriguing. Valentine's Day, and eh, it's a minor holiday. Well, you know, just it, 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 in fact, I've, somebody showed me the concept art for that. And what they did, you know, it was one of these things where the entire show was built around the concept that when Teddy Bear got lowered, she'd have, you know, you know, she'd have her, a, a bow and arrow in her hand, and she'd have, she'd be the Cupid of the show, you know. Ah, and, got it, got it, got it. And okay. that one got kind of tripped up by the fact that you understand she comes down out of a tube, right? You know <laughs> that you know that she just fits, all right. Yeah. And now you're talking about oh, let's put wings on her, let's put an arrow. It's like yeah, no, this isn't oh. happening, guys. Uh, so the wings, uh, spring-loaded wings on a on a mechanical bear. That's not gonna that's not gonna work. Yeah. All right, so so, uh, so so 83 is the first very merry Christmas party. It's two nights. I can't believe it. And it's um, it stays two nights. Until 1990, when it, then they make the big jump and go to three, you know. Ooh, um, oh, hey, 50% increase, man. I'm just saying. You know, and um, from there, you know, just again, as you get into the early 90s and you begin to see the calendar, uh, you know, I mean, you get to see the modern Disney company happen. All right, so this is Eisner, eyes. right? So Eisner comes in in 84. His yep. first priority is probably not bumping out the Christmas season, but it's... My sense is it's probably up there though. After he gets through like the let's not get taken over or let's build out our hotels, right? So so walk us mm-hmm. through that. Well, I, I, the other thing to remember is that you know Eisner was famous, you know, for the first ten years that um, he was in charge, Disney achieved twenty percent growth every year, which was astounding to the business community. But Could you imagine the, that now? Twenty percent growth. But first of all, you know, now let's remember that when Eisner came on board, 
you know, out of the 11 companies in Hollywood that were making movies, Disney was 11th. All right. So there, there literally was nowhere to go but up. Uh, okay. And, uh, and then, you know, it's, a lot of it was artificial. Like, hey, people want hotel rooms on property. Build them. So, you know, Caribbean Beach, you know, uh, you know the, the, the Grand Floridian, yeah. you know, people want to stay an extra day on property, build the studio. I mean, there were all these ways to, to artificially bump it out. But, you know, again, the problem of when you go 20%, 20%, 20% for 10 years in a row, that is hard to maintain. So now you get into this era where Disney is literally lifting up the couch cushions, you know, it's just yeah. like, all right, <laughs> you know, I just want 20% growth. How, how are we going to do that? And um, in a weird sort of way, uh, it was the, uh, the, the very first marathon that, uh, that sort of, you know, it was the notion of, we created this event in January where all these people showed up. It's like, holy crap. You know, could we what, do that? What other events could we create? There you know, we go. And so people so are going now, through like you know Scandinavian calendars, looking for obscure holidays they can they can appropriate. Yeah. But at the same time, if you you look what's going on at Epcot, Epcot, the biggest park that's the hardest to fill. You get food and wine. You get flower. Get get flower and flower garden. garden. Yeah. You know, and in fact, what what became of the discovery thing that was supposed to happened this January there. Did, did you remember hearing about that? The sort of science, you know, that the, the whole they were going to have a future world fest. Um, you know, they, they, they did surveys, they tested the names, they reached out to sponsors and No, I didn't hear anything about it. Kind of evaporated. Nobody's, you know, that's the thing. It was, it was all this talk earlier in the year about it and nothing hmm. since. So. Maybe we got limited limit, maybe we got limited time magic instead. I mean, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But again, you, so so now you're looking at, um, you know, a company that aggressively is looking for ways to bump out the calendar. So you get, you know, hollow. You know, the, what's weird is that that Christmas starts off by doing, you know, three, four, five days going, you know, marching into the 90s, and um, it's kind of because Mickey's not so not so scary always lags behind until the mid 2000s when it actually shoots past, uh, you know. Uh, Christmas. In, yeah. in fact, at one point they had more dates. You know. Yeah. You know they well, they ha- do. Halloween's a thing now. I mean. Well, yeah. They, well, they you know, and but the thing is, they use the Christmas battle plan to grow it into a thing. Yeah. You know. Um, in fact, you know that that's that was the most interesting part of the, uh, the seasonal decoration team. You know, they got to the point where they could do this amazing job with the park for the holidays and. They then came at them and said, "Well, could you do the same thing for Halloween?" And you know, had to invent a whole decoration program and likewise a battle plan to change out the park in you know just three or four days. Yeah. So, um, well, anyway, so so again, you you you're looking at both coasts, looking for ways to create artificial reasons for people to drive people to the parks for the holidays. So, you know, on the heels of um, uh, you know, Country Bear Christmas. You know, they begin looking for other attractions they can do this to, and so in '97 we end up with a uh, Small World Holiday for Disneyland. Uh, really? Which, oh, which, it's that recent. It's only uh. Yeah, I mean. Years. Oh, really? I thought know, it was. I thought it dated back a lot longer than that. No, no. I, you huh. know, that, and and in fact, it was the success of that one uh, that that led to um, you know Haunted Mansion Holiday uh, coming out in uh, 2001. Uh, and and then it was it got weird because that one was so hugely successful um, that you know they began like 
well, could we do a holiday overlay of pirates? It's like, no, you, you can't do that. <laughs> and, and, and in fact, just this year, after more than a decade of going back and forth about, you know, can we do something for the Jungle Cruise, we ended up with Jingle Cruise. Have you been on that? Yeah, you know, and, and look. <laughs> That's exactly my opinion of it. You know, look, no, uh, I, I mean, no disrespect to the skippers who do a yeoman's job of go putting over the new script and, you know, doing, you know, doing everything possible to make that fun. And, yeah. but when you come through that queue that has all of these fun little holiday touches and, you know, you're listening to, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. And you look at the prepped boats and like, you're ready. You're, you, you know, and you've seen the poster coming in of the elephants wearing, you know, and hippos yeah. wearing Santa hats. You're ready. And you get on the boat and it's the same show. You know, the I thing, mean, it's the, the same the thing, visuals. That's the uh, that's the thing that bothered me about it. So I knew something was up mm-hmm. when there's a there's a line because the, the, yeah. uh, lots of people are doing it. We get in the boat and we can see the other boat sort of turning to the left to start the uh, to start the ride, and we noticed that only the half of the boat that faces the guests mm-hmm. was decorated. So we knew, oh. Oh, okay, something is something they didn't they didn't completely fill, wow, uh, pull out this just idea. Just that half. Just oh. the half of the so just <laughs> so if you look at the uh, if you look at like the name on the top of the of the boats, for example, there's yep. only decorations on the on the side that faces uh, the guests. <laughs> I have been told by folks um, who work in the parks uh, that. You know, in fact, I, I did a piece about sort of bungle in the jungle about you know that this sort of it's a half measure. It is, and you know that they said going forward, um, they would try to do this. Uh, you know, the problem is that, in fact, this is this is where we get into the whole Walt Disney World Disneyland thing because, um, face it, you know, Haunted Mansion Holiday has been around since uh, 2001. You've had Small World Holiday since '97. Mm-hmm. Um, why aren't these coming east? And whenever anybody presses the point out, the people in ops say, look, Disneyland, because it's the world's most famous regional theme park. Yeah. And, you know, its guests come, you know, twice a year, you know, typically, and are coming only from 100 miles away. They're much more forgiving when they say come to the park and there's a fence around the Haunted Mansion, you know, saying, I'm sorry, we're closed for the three weeks it takes to, to you know, uh, set this yeah, up. And what's funny is that, that um, the teardown only takes uh, like three or four days. In fact, we'll get, uh, in fact, I know Seth Kaberski would approve of this because he's the guy who went on uh, Harry Potter and the, the uh, Forbidden Journey with a high-powered flashlight. So he could – did Seth ever tell you about the, the Dementors that get cut out of that attraction? Uh, I think I've heard this uh, – no, no. I thought I heard it, but no. Okay, so you're in a dis- okay, we're just quick side trip to Universal here, folks. Um, if you're on Harry Potter and the, the Forbidden Journey, and you're, where you're in uh, the Chamber of Secrets and you're being attacked by Dementors, there's a moment in that where Harry says, leave my friends alone! And you're looking at sort of mist screens above you. Um, you know, it's just it's sort of like, that's kind of a lame thing in this ride. Well, behind the mist screens are an animatronic, a, a group of figures on a kooka arm that were supposed to sort of swoop down at you, and it was, literally, it's a mass of, like, 21 Dementors, you know, and, and really? evidently, 
Oh, yeah, and evidently it was one of these things where the people who rode the ride in its original form said, it was a scary moment because you look up and your your bench is moving up toward them and the arm is hammering them down at you. And then Harry says, you know, just leave my friends alone, waves his wand, and, you know, the Dementors are blown away. But it was so scary. And also there was a concern that Cook Arm going up, Cook Arm coming down, this could be bad. Cook a sandwich. <laughs> there we go. So they actually shut off the effect. And, and Seth, God love him, heard about this. And so he, well, what does he do? You know, they put up the mist curtain to hide this effect. Seth brings a high-powered flashlight with him on the ride. Wants to prove, That's not a know, safety issue, sure. No. Sure. So, you know, he gets that moment of the ride, turns it in, through the mist curtain, sure enough, here is this knot of Dementors that's sort of hanging from the ceiling that's no wow. longer on the ride. Wow. So, so sorry, folks. Again, you had a scarier show, but Universal just wasn't in the mood to sell the Harry Potter adult diaper. So it just sort of, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't put that in the show. No, um, anyway, um, all right, so we're so we're talking about uh, we're talking about the uh, the guests who oh, want yeah. the original version of the uh, the attraction. So because that's what oh, we've heard it that's what we've heard at Walt Disney World for the longest time. People mm-hmm. save up for two years. You know, if they come in October, they want to see the original version of Country Bears or Haunted Mansion in Walt Disney World because yep. they come you know they come from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Disneyland, it's a local, it's a regional theme park. You know, no, absolutely. People. And and uh, but you know the problem is now that they've done Jingle Cruise on both coasts, this becomes kind of a mood point. It's like, now, wait a minute. You were willing to do that, yeah. you know, and, and you know, but the argument, in fact, that was the pushback I got from Walt Disney World about, well, if that's the version that people want, they want with the Santa hats and that sort of thing, I think we're going to have to opt out because we can't shut down this attraction. You know, we need to have that much more capacity. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't I don't honestly know what's going to happen. You know, it could be one of these situations where you know, for Christmas time at Walt uh, Disneyland, uh, they get the amazing show, and we revert to well, we did Jingle Cruise for the one year and got bad you know press, so bleh, we don't do this. We're, By the we're way, constantly just, adjusting our mix of attractions based on guest satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, by the way, just to double back on, the, the, I brought up the high-powered flashlight for a reason, because if you actually ride the Haunted Mansion during the off-season, when they're not doing the holiday show, mm-hmm. you know, the, all of the props for Haunted Mansion Holiday are kept in the building. In fact, the, the, one of these really? things where if you if you're going through the track, get a running along the attraction, and have a flashlight and find it up the ceiling, there are these giant bags hanging down from the ceiling of all the props for Haunted Mansion Holiday. Oh, that's what they store the lighter them. ones. So that's hysterical. They don't keep the anvils up there. Um, but <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Anyway, um, now, now getting back to Disneyland, I that that um, I I have to tell a story. This is this is the year before. Uh, DCA opens, and Disneyland's kind of staring down the pipe with the reality of, again, you have so many people who come from the local area, and they know DCA is going to be opening in January. So it's like, why should I spend my money to go to Disneyland for Christmas of 2000? Yeah, when when, I can wait a month, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, the, the, Cynthia Harris was, was sort of staring down the barrel of this. I mean, they, they were... You know, again, the the staff at at that resort is exhausted because they've been 
in temporary parking for three plus years at this point, and uh, and guests in order to get to the park have been you know making their way through plywood mazes to get through you know all of the temporary stuff, and sure. it's like we need we need something amazing. We need something to really get people um, you know here. So and in a meeting, one of the guys said, "Well, we could make it snow," and it's like how and well little foam dude soap stuff and it's like but you know you'd have to have dozens upon dozens of the machine they have to go off simultaneously and can we do that and it's like i don't know and so cynthia here's cynthia um it's it's an october night it's three o'clock in the morning they've got you know everybody's standing on main street while people are running along the rooftops of um you know main street usa and nobody knows if it's going to work you know nobody you know and but she, she just described this moment where they're just they're about to throw in the towel when finally it happens the machines kick on and they're standing there and the snow begins to flutter down and it's like and she was like oh my god it's 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 exactly what we wanted it to be it's this magical holiday feel um, and the weird thing is that they, they got it running in just after Thanksgiving uh, at Disneyland, and they said it was, you know, for lack of a, it was in the early, early days of social media, but they watched the attendance at the park grow every day because people just went out and said, oh, my God, it was at Disneyland, and it snowed. It snowed. It snowed. You know, and, and the Southern California is this thing during a time when nobody should have come out to the park. They they dealt with record crowds, and um, that then led to, you know, just the whole notion of well, what else could we do? And and then you ended up with you know the the uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle covered with, you know, the artificial uh, Ice, the light yeah. shift, yeah. which I get in turn, you know, the idea got duplicated and brought to Florida. Yep. Um, now we jump ahead to uh, 2001. DCA is finally opened, and you know this is the kind of the irony of the situation. Um, one of the reasons Haunted Mansion Holiday was put in, and and this was this was a project that was well underway before DCA opened, but it was fast track because the worry was that wow, when we open DCA, it's going to be such a hit. We're going to suck all the attendance out of Disneyland. We better give them something new, yep. and <laughs> the little, little realizing oh. Oh. <laughs> DCA was, wasn't was going to have that problem in its original form. Um, so now they're looking at ridiculously low crowds and they realize, wow, we need something to bring people into our park. And so they invented on a very short time schedule and a very tiny budget Luminaria, the first, actually the first Lagoon show for that theme park. Um, I'm only, not familiar with it. Luminaria. Only, only ran one season, and it actually, it, it in a weird sort of way, it, it predated a lot of the effects that um, are so prevalent in um, uh, World of Color, specifically Winter Dreams. They, they did this amazing thing where it was um, sort of candles rose up out of the water, hmm. uh, and they the other thing they did that was really kind of charming is that they had this sort of... <laughs> I think that the name they used to do they, in the house it was known as the candy dish, you know this giant faux island out that they, they put out there. But these video screens would pop up out of the water, and they would wow. guess earlier in the day had been invited into that sort of weird pseudo San Francisco area, mm -hmm. uh, and could create their own Christmas cards, and they'd then be scanned in, and those were part of the show. And 
it was really quite effective. People would wait for hours just to see their Christmas card, which would hung on. Um, <laughs> the only problem was it was a relatively heavy fireworks based show, and that bowl shape uh, would hold the smoke. So by the end of the, <laughs> the end of the show, it was kind of like Christmas in Beirut. <laughs> just, so so I, I think I see festive things, or possibly I'm getting emphysema. I don't know. Um, so oh, yeah, the, the, that ran the one season. But it, it, again, interestingly enough, that that they knew they could use that space for shows. This the Luminaria had been the proof of concept, and, and but it took them nine years to circle back on World of Color. Wow. And, you know, and you know, World of Color did do little holiday add-ons, like, you know, the prep and landing uh, stuff that was done for uh, you know, 2000, 2011. It was only this year that they finally went ahead with Winter Dreams. And um, have you managed to see that yet? Have you you gotten out west to see that yet? No, not yet. Guy, okay. uh, guy may have seen it. Yeah. Okay, because um, it's 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 a clever show. I mean, it's a long show. I mean, is it? Um, yeah, it's it's 25 minutes, and you kind of wow. feel old, 25 of them, you know. Um, but wow. but but they they lucked out in a, in a weird sort of way because uh, Steve Davison put it together, and Steve looked early at Frozen and thought that looks like a, a huge, a monster hit, and you know, Let It Go is likewise that Olaf character is amazing, and he just took whole chunks of that. I mean, they, they basically perform all of Let It Go, and likewise wow. Olaf's In Summer Song in the show. And it's it's a hit right out of the box. Um, oh, good call good call by him. Yeah, well, no, Steve's, Steve's a smart guy, but the interesting thing is that while he was putting this together for DCA, he was doing a version of this same show that would be then shown on the castle at, uh, I keep dating myself by calling it Euro Disneyland, Disneyland Paris. Um, so, you know, it just, it's, it, it's, it's interesting to watch now how it's using um, this it, projection technology. This, this yeah. seems to be, you know, the next big thing. Uh, and, and it, you know, I mean, for example, again, it's small world in California. They do a whole, uh, you know, sort of a gingerbread holiday celebration that's projected onto a uh, small world, you know, several times a night out there. Right. So, yeah, that's actually, um, that's a, a pretty decent uh, show. I think I actually like that better than, uh, uh, what's, what's the new one after Magic Memories in You, the uh, Celebrate the Magic? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, it's I, I did want to bring up one issue. There's been, um, looping back to Walt Disney World this year, there's been uh, the candlelight that's going on at the uh, Epcot. There's been some interesting comments online about how there have been, you know, and people have gone, you know, people now in the Orlando area go year after year after year. This is, yep. you know, part of their holiday routine. Yep. They've noticed that some of the material that, that you know, deals with the story of Christ has been kind of clipped out, you know, sort of foreshortened in the show to give a more secular take. Um, and, of Christmas. Of Christmas. Right. And, and what's what's kind of interesting is that, that you know, um... <laughs> You know, it wasn't really all that long ago when you could go to the Walt Disney World Shopping Village where one of the highlights of the holiday season was they did a living nativity. 
Mind you, it was the world's slowest living nativity. Sure. Uh, wow. Well, well, no, I mean, just you, you that whole central area where they give the concert, they would actually, they built a manger. Really? That was the... Young. Wow. Yeah. And they did that starting in the, in the mid-70s right up till the mid-90s or thereabouts. In fact, it was kind of when World of Disney Store opened that they finally said, you know... The crowd we, levels are so big, and we're yeah. a little concerned about bringing live animals in here. But yeah, they would. You know, I mean, it was the living nativity. They would, they do one Christmas carol and like bring in a sheep, and then do another Christmas carol and oh, here comes the camel. You know, and and wow, you know, live animals. That's an awesome idea. It was. It was. And, and in fact, um, I think there is some stuff on YouTube uh, of this presentation. But again, I died. I don't know if there was a video camera that had cassette that was long enough to tape this whole show. I just don't remember. <laughs> yeah, if they're doing you one know, animal per uh, one animal per song, yeah, and then I, you know I, each wise man gets probably gets their own introductory uh, march and uh, yeah. The ending tableau w- was was beautiful. I mean, it was it was wonderful. It was it was the Christmas card shot. It just took you two weeks to get there. You know, it just you know, it, it was three kings day by the time the show was over. You know, so um, Greek Orthodox Christmas. So what's uh, so what's what's Disney World? What are the what's the Disney company looking forward to for Christmas? What are the plans that you know we we know now that they've got the very merry Christmas parties. We know that they've got overlays. What's what if anything is going to be different? You know, five years from now. Well, getting back to the wonderful magic bands, you know, the whole notion of wouldn't it be amazing to have an encounter with Santa at the parks where, you know, that that's, you know, that wonderful, uh, what is it, Miracle on 34th Street moment where Santa wrecking, you know, I mean, Santa nails every child, that's the wrong wrong term, but knows every child in line and can identify them and, that notion. I mean, you know, what if you had Super Santa? You know, Santa who knew. Oh, you know, you know, how is ballet class going? Again, you know, um, what does he? What if? Uh, what if he knows whether you've really been naughty or nice? <laughs> Could you imagine? Well, that's. You know, Can you maybe imagine if, just... if a parent, if a parent puts something into my Disney experience, like, you know, Billy, Billy never washes his clothes or never Billy never cleans up his room, and then Santa starts staying that the kid will be like. <laughs> I don't care well, what anyone else says. I believe, man. He knows. Well, you the weren't cool there, th- man. You weren't there. <laughs> he knows. Well, you know, the, the cool thing about that is if they do that, they should actually set up the Santa meet and greet for Germany because then they could bring out Krampus. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, it, the horned demon of Christmas who, you know, beats bad children with switches. So Did you ever like, hear the David, the David Sedaris story about Christmas? Santa oh, and the Six Eight Black Men. Yep. So apparently, one of the uh, one of the so go look it up. It's probably on YouTube. Mm-hmm. David Sedaris yep. and the Six Eight Black Men. Anyway, so David Sedaris goes to different countries, and in each country, he asks them what their Christmas tradition is. And apparently, in the Netherlands, is it mm-hmm. the uh, one of the traditions is if you've if you've been bad, you don't get coal in your stocking, but Santa and the elves come and beat you up. Christmas is the time for reflecting on cultural differences. Anyway, I, I, so uh, but, no, it, 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 but yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's what they're looking at. That that um and magic bands. And you know yeah, that couple with now that you have um you know this monstrous hit movie Frozen that is um you know obviously ice winter snow uh. You know, they're already. That's really sort of filtering out. You know, they're already looking at, you know, 2014, 2015. How mm-hmm. does that fit into our holiday plans? Uh, in fact, you know, that's. 
those of you who love the maelstrom, <laughs> you know, oh, might want right. to yeah, go visit go it. right now. <laughs> yeah, um, because you know that you know uh, Disney's not going to make the mistake they made with the Little Mermaid again. They're not going to wait twenty years to do a ride. Yeah. You know, th- this this time around, you know, Frozen will have an attraction. I'm told within eighteen months. So and, oh, it'll be it'll, know, yeah, maelstrom you know, will be it. Yeah. Yeah, and then supposedly there's something larger scale in the works for Disneyland, but that that's a project that's behind the Marvel and the Star Wars stuff. So, no, um, so we'll see. Huh, interesting. Uh, ah, something to look but yeah, to. I mean, uh, but again, you know, just, just when you understand that Disneyland expanded the, its Christmas, its holiday programs, just the way we did, you know, the, 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 in modern day America. That's going to continue. Whatever we're doing in the outside world, Disney will somehow filter in. Um, huh. And you know, and and I think the funniest part of this is that um, if you remember, there was I think '81 where they did um, Mickey's Christmas Carol, and then I think it was '92, '93 they did Muppet Christmas Carol, and then just two years ago. Uh, they did the Jim Carrey, Robert Zemeckis motion capture Christmas Carol. Um, evidently, the guys who do Phineas and Ferb, you know. Yes, Phineas and Ferb you know, Christmas Carol. You know, so but evidently it's it's about you know it, it's about Doctor Doofenshmirtz trying to reform. So gonna you know, just tuck that one away, folks. We we may see you know another version coming someday soon. That would so, be great. Oh, so. Cool. Well, Jim, thanks for the uh, thanks for wrapping up our Christmas uh, a Christmas story just in time for the uh, for the holiday itself. Again, you know, glad to do it and again, folks. I hope everyone you know just enjoys the season. Uh, thanks, thanks again, Jim. All right, folks, you've been listening to the unofficial guide Disney Disc podcast with Jim Hill. For Jim, this is Len. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Please rate us on iTunes and leave us comments to let us know what you'd like to hear next. Have a happy holiday season, and we will see you on the next show. Bye now.